Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Incognito Nanny Hire podcast. This is episode 38. My name's Steve. I'm joined by Matt. Hello. Uh, this week, we got them back, ladies and gentlemen. We thought it would never happen, but here they are. It's fuck it. I'm so mad that we somehow did this. Last episode, we, t- we said if they didn't come back, they'd be in the stink club with Earl, but they redeemed themselves and they have escaped uh escaped enemy the, of the pod jail yeah they, they escaped the dirt jail with earl true american heroes <laughs> uh so they requested a new intro song which i guess this will be their permanent one yeah we're not changing it okay this. so this will be their 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 they didn't like bible man last time unless we find a really good bass boosted version of this song then we'll go to that but Maybe. as of yeah. now it'll probably just be this so it's zach and eric we got on the podcast and this week well let's let's bring them on first and then we'll talk about what we're going to talk about right, let's bring on these american heroes Thanks for your service, guys. Yeah. Welcome so, back. So good to be back, guys. Yeah, thank you. Welcome back it. from the tour. It's been exactly, what, I think 10 episodes. Yeah, tw- yeah, 28. You guys were yeah, on, look, so. Yeah, look, I mean, our people talk to your people. It's not easy, you know, with our schedules and everything. We're yeah. busy so. guys. Like, you know, stuff happens. Yeah, it's a miracle we're here right now, but, you know, that's <laughs> why we're doing it. Yeah, so this week we're talking about... Uh, you guys are selling war bonds, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what you came on to promote, yeah. right? Yeah, we all sell war bonds. Yeah, to, all yeah. our, to all of our followers. Yeah. To all maybe five regular listeners. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so this week will be a more factual episode than a lot of our other ones because we're talking about it's going to be a true crime episode, which I think we mentioned last time. But essentially what we all did is we all looked up some of us. I don't know. Zach, do you have I did to? some research. We'll that was acted. Yeah, Eric. Yeah, did, we'll see. Okay, yeah. So... I'll go first, I guess, since I think my story is probably like maybe one of the longest. Yeah, it's and it's the it's the one that I think that is going to be the feature of this podcast because mine isn't as like. So you want to get right to the feature? wild as yours? Well, or, yeah, I mean, we could do I have the a stu- dumb one. I have a dumb short one. Okay, well, yeah, we'll. Oh, uh, is that is that the one where I? Yeah, I literally sent you the yeah. picture of earlier. Okay, so there was this Westchester student, which happened recently, right? Yeah, this was I think this was today. That yeah, this I article, think this came that the article today. was posted. And, yeah. But today is October 9th is the day of recording. Yes. Uh, you mean <laughs> yeah. 1926? Yeah, yeah. Dude, way to so, reveal to the listeners like what time it is. Sorry fuckers, time travel <laughs> exists. So this Westchester University student was arrested after allegedly advertising his dorm room marijuana business. Hell handing yeah. out flyers. Yeah. If you need edibles or carts, hit up your neighbor Zach. Flyers <laughs> <laughs> reportedly read. <laughs> Bro, imagine just like I mean, I never went. I didn't go to college, and I know you guys are currently enrolled in college. Yes. And Steve is still in college, but yeah. he lived on campus for a few years. But imagine like right. coming out of your door or like out of your dorm room, and you just see like a flyer posted across the hall just saying like, hey, if you need edibles or carts, hit up your neighbor, Zach. Like, don't yeah. you have a... Uh, what what are the, an what RA. Are the, yeah, an RA. Yeah. Yeah. Like, an RA is going to see that and be like... Uh, what? Knock yeah. on the door be like, dude, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> Literally, it says his name on yeah. the door. It's 
like, dude, you s- you have your social security number on here. Does it, does it say how long the posters were up for? Like before? No, they- it does. I was trying to uh, trying to read the article here, but there's really not a lot of descriptive information. Like I would imagine, after like a few days, someone would be like, "Hey, dude, not even." I think no more than forty eight hours. That dude was able to uh, do that for along with the flyers which included the geico gecko mascot <laughs> <laughs> this dude was so high when he made oh, yeah, you know that he's like don't make so much money dude it wait it wait save money it he handed out his exactly. dorm room number and his snapchat username in the flyer what a stupid asshole <laughs> might as well fucking again post your social security on there too you dumbass do you think it was like the guy code gecko with like a blunt just photoshopped <laughs> over <laughs> top <laughs> of his mouth yeah like his eyes are just like Red. really bloodshot <laughs> yeah. holding a bag of chips in his other hand it doesn't have a picture of the of the flyer does it no, no. that'd be really oh, funny oh <laughs> we would definitely post that oh, I, 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 i'll be able to find it somehow yeah yeah I mean, steve just goes to university so that he can see his pediatrician still <laughs> dude steve i both yeah. steve and i did go to our pediatrician for as long as possible steve yeah. went to his pediatrician until he was literally 26 years old <laughs> and that's how old you it are now like, right well steve just went to a real doctor for the first time in like uh ever well i'm trying to think the last time i went to my pediatrician i think i was like 21 Steve had like, like I was I was Steve a, had like groomed but then facial but then you hair didn't go to the going doctor to for his. five years. <laughs> right, but then I didn't go for a while and then when I did go back it was an actual doctor. Was there any point during the five years you didn't go to the doctor where you were like, I think I have cancer? Because I haven't gone to the Luckily doctor. Luckily not, so no. But I just Actually, wanted to make sure I was good because I haven't been in like Going years to the doctor, point. from what I've heard, prevents cancer. And also what? eating an apple a day <laughs> keeps the doctor away. So the real question is, does eating apples give you cancer? What a conspiracy. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Thank you. I just hit, it took Zach like, it, he had to wait a few seconds for it to connect, but it, he got there. That was good. Um, so the guy I'm going to talk about is a dude named, it's Robert Hansen is his name. Oh, we're done talking about Zach's story? Well, I don't know. Was, was there anything else to the story? No. No, still no developing. I, have, I have another one, but that one's just a dumb one. We can go with yours. Okay. Um, so Robert Hansen, uh, this guy, essentially, just a quick overview, was convicted in the United States as a Russian mole, and he was he was responsible for compromising more national secrets and classified documents than anyone in history, and as a result, got 15 life sentences, which he's... More than stir- uh, Snowden? Who's that? Remember Snowden? Snowden just, he's just like, uh, he just got uh, accused of treason and ran away. He didn't actually get convicted. Yeah, he's in Russia. He's he's alive and well in Russia. People want him pardoned, but that's a different story. People also want, uh, I was about to say Roman Polanski, but that's a totally different dude. Who's the guy that lives in... um, (sighs) Matt just said, direct quote on the INH show, I want Roman Polanski pardoned. Yeah, that's true. You could could fucking put that on my tombstone. (laughs) Um, No, what what was the guy that... uh, A WikiLeaks guy. Oh, Julian Assange. Yeah, Julian Assange. He's in jail. He is. Oh, he is finally. Well, they finally in, dragged in him out of the embassy. I forgot he was living in there. Yeah. I heard he was like riding around on his skateboard and like playing basketball. In the yeah. Halls. He like literally like bullied the shit out of those people. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> like what? Did, what crime did he commit? Julian, Julian Assange. Yeah. He like stole information and, and other things. Oh, okay. He's and also accused of like sexual assault though. So that's probably why he got in trouble. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna start from the very beginning. I'll go through kind of fast so this isn't doesn't take up the whole time. Well. Uh, yeah, it's the main focus of the podcast, so fucking take your time, Chief. 
so it starts 1976. Dude started working for the or with the FBI, uh, and then three years later, in '79, he approached a Soviet GRU officer and solicited to like sell United States classified documents to him. And I guess uh, the guy was like, "Sure." So. Seventy-nine. He starts selling info like uh, FBI bugging activities and stuff, um, and the list is a list of U.S. moles that were working for Russia, essentially. Gotcha. And he gave up all the names of the undercover U.S. people that were working for the Soviet Union, and it got like I think three or four people executed. Like all the people he really? gave up, all got executed by the Soviet Union. Um, in eighty-one. He worked in the FBI department involved in, like, wiretapping and surveillance. So pretty much, like, had as much information as he wanted to, you know, with everything that they were... Uh, no shit. Wow. ...looking at. Um, was doing this for years. In 84, moved to a different department in the FBI, an analytical unit. Uh, a unit responsible for identifying and capturing Soviet spies. So essentially what, oh, so- what he was doing, he was essentially looking for other people doing what exactly he was doing. If you know, does so, that make so, sense? So he got into a department and pretty much was just got so good at what he was doing that he could just cover his own ass almost. Pretty much. And since his since his like sole responsibility was searching out Russian moles, which is what he was, he was, just he was a- able to cover his own tracks because he knew all the information the FBI had on, you know, whoever. That's if wild. that makes sense. Do you know what that reminds me of that have you guys ever see the show Dexter? No, um, I've no. seen the first but I know. two seasons. I was about to say, that kind of sounds like what Dexter did, because he was like a serial killer that like killed people, but he also worked for yeah. the uh, the department or the, the he was police like a department. Analyst yeah, he was a something. blood analyst, and he would like pretty much uh, get people off his track or off of his trail of the kills that he did, but also like oh, he would shit. hunt down. I don't know. That, that was actually a pretty good show, but that's what it sounds like. It's like literally he got into the exact... Yeah, like uh, job that he needed to to be able to continue doing what he mm-hmm. was doing without anyone finding out. Mm-hmm. What's also wild is how long he was able to do it without getting caught. It says like yeah. two, that 1979 to 2001. Yeah, Jeez. Like, so like 30 years. Oh my god, no, that's not 30 years, is it? Yeah, that's... 81, 91, 2001. Yeah, it's just uh, over 30 years. And while he was doing this, uh, there was another guy named Aldrich Ames. I guess I don't know how to pronounce it. But Aldrich Ames was doing the same exact thing, but he worked in the CIA and Hanson worked in the FBI. But so essentially, did they like hook up and they like tag teamed it? No, no, no. Did no. one of them uh, rat on the other? No, but uh, Aldrich Ames, the other guy, he got caught before Hanson did, and but uh, whatever, we'll get there. So eighty-five, he sent a letter to the KGB offering his services because. I don't really know a lot about Russia, for one, but the GRU and the KGB. The I KGB think are, like, are the, uh, essentially, they're like, not the secret service. Like CIA to FBI, maybe? Yeah, they're, it's pretty much that, yeah. You know who was the head of the KGB before he became president of Russia? Who? Putin. Vladimir Putin, baby. Yep. So, I guess he was giving inform- or selling information to the GRU, and then in 85, he offered the KGB, offering his services, and only asked for $100,000 in cash. And with this offer, he included three more KGB agents that were secretly working for the FBI. So they, um, I guess, accepted his offer. 
Three people got executed again. Like, more people got murdered because of him. Jeez. Uh, and then a few years later, moved to a different department, and he was given the task of making a study of all known rumored moles within the FBI. So essentially, again, what he was doing, he was... And this was given to him by the FBI? That was That's yeah. what he was tasked with? Yeah. That's not, which, so he was just like, he found himself on there. He's just like, I'm just going to delete that, <laughs> and we're just going to keep on moving. Yeah. So essentially, this meant he was looking for himself, um, and then he ensured that he didn't unmask himself, uh, but in addition, he also uh, turned over this entire study to Russia, uh, you know, with everyone that... So the whole knew. study that he did for the FBI, he turned over to Russia. Yeah, so so Russia knew who was secretly working for them, if that makes sense. No shit. So Russia knew all their moles, but they didn't. They, they didn't know. They they knew they were. So Russia found all of the moles that working for them, working for them, but that the FBI also knew of. Yeah, right. Exactly. So then Russia could except be like, for he wasn't on there, obviously. Mm-hmm. So then Russia could be like to to all the moles, they could be like. It's like stop whatever you're doing because the FBI is on to you. So what, just relax for what, a bit. Just use some like whiteout on his name and just like kept going. He wasn't a suspect. Hansen wasn't a suspect at this time. So that's he, wild. So it says that um, in '87, Hansen received favorable performance evaluations, uh, even though his supervisor said he was quote unquote the strangest person he had ever worked with. Wow. In 88, a year into this department where he was looking for moles, uh, Hansen was caught giving classified information to someone who defected to the Soviet Union. And then his co-workers, his peers, reported the security breach, but no action was taken against him, and he just got away with it. And that actually happens a couple of times before this dude gets really? caught. Sneaky bastard. So that 88, that was the first time that happened. Next year in 89, Hansen sold info about an FBI investigation um, to a, a state official, I don't know of what state, but a dude named Felix Block is who he sold the like information to. in the U.S. To. or Russia? Um, let me double check real quick. Is Felix Block, I want to say... I mean, to the state, it sounds like it's Swiss, the U.S. He's a Swiss... Um, yeah, from Swiss, Switzerland, apparently. So he's selling information. Why the fuck is Swiss... So isn't th- Switzerland like a neutral country? I, I don't know, but apparently, but apparently this one guy specifically was under investigation and was suspected of committing espionage against America, is what Felix Block was um, you know, suspected of. And then because Russia knew that the U.S. was on to him, they just cut all contact with this guy, Felix. The FBI got no hard evidence, and then the guy was essentially never charged. And then the failure of this guy's conviction, Felix Block... Because that went so wrong, it started an investigation that drove the mole hunt that got Hansen caught, essentially. So that was like his first fuck up, which made the FBI like know that there was someone at working, doing all this bullshit. Yeah, working on the inside, essentially. So that That's was 89. Awesome. And then also in 89, he handed over information about, let me see, it says about American planning for measurement and signature intelligence, which is a team that uses spy satellites and intercept signals, I guess. And then the Soviet Union began constructing an embassy in America. And the FBI dug a tunnel underneath this Russian embassy to essentially spy on them. How do you do that undetected? I don't, like, how does a government just do that? You know what I mean? Hey. They built a tunnel under the under the Soviet, Soviet embassy. embassy. Yeah, yeah, but they were they were too scared to use it. Mm-hmm. it yeah, says. wild. So they never ended up using it, but 
even though they didn't end up using it, Hanson let them know that there was a tunnel underneath just so they didn't give at out a, any... At a certain point, like, our, so my only question is, was he like a Soviet Union... Um, sympathizer? Yeah, I was about to say sympathizer, or like did he just not like the U.S., or was he just like in it for the money or so it only said that he was in it or he only said that he was in it for the money but he really didn't get paid that much considering all the shit he was doing but when you get tax-free money and handed it in cash then it's like makes you think twice and you probably yeah. thought that he was in way too deep to just be like oh I can't he's like yeah i, I can't just fucking get out of this but yeah, it's, it's almost it's similar to it's kind of similar into Breaking Bad in that, like, when you get all this straight cash and then you just start balling out, and people are like, "Why do you have all this money?" You yeah, know but what, what I mean? is this weird ass dude going to spend his money on? I don't know, but uh, essentially, so being giving the information about that underground tunnel under the embassy, he only got fifty five thousand dollars for that. I mean, which, think about think about just being like, "Hey, they dug a tunnel under your embassy," and then fifty five grand, fifty five grand just gets like slapped in your face. You're yeah. like, okay. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. That's, you know, more than what I make in a year, so yeah, right. I'd be pretty excited to just get 55k. <laughs> I'm in. So the second <laughs> the second, I guess, situation where he almost got caught was a year later in 1990, Hansen's brother-in-law, a dude named Mark, was also working in the FBI. Um, and he recommended to the FBI that Hansen be investigated for espionage. And the reason was that Hansen's sister-in-law found a pile of cash on a dresser in his house, didn't know where it came from. And because his mother-in-law knew the FBI was on a mole hunt, he put his rec like she told Mark, the, his brother-in-law that also works in there, and then he put the recommendation in. So that so his brother-in-law read him out. Pretty much, yeah. Well, essentially his, uh, his sister-in-law, and then she told his yeah, brother-in-law. She was like... Yeah. I'm not letting you put my wiener in me anymore if you don't fucking <laughs> say that this guy is probably a mole. <laughs> yeah. So in 1991, the Soviet Union collapsed. Again, I don't really know any history about the Soviet Union, but apparently when that happened, uh, Hansen broke off communication with his handlers because he didn't want to, um, you know, be exposed. Yeah. Plus, the Soviet Union doesn't, you know, didn't exist anymore. So. Yeah. Right. And what you said? What year was that? 89. That was 91. 91. 91. So. Five uh, years after Chernobyl. I think 89, the Berlin Wall came down, right? And then 91 is when the Soviet Union officially Someone fact was that. over. That sounds about right. Yeah, because Reagan, yeah, Reagan was president. So. Yep, yep, you're Reagan right. Reagan smash. So, <laughs> okay. once he broke off communication in 91, he, uh, in, nine, in 1990, excuse me, 1992, the Russian Federation took over the defunct USSR spy agencies. Uh, Hansen again approached the GRU uh, with who he hadn't been in contact with the GRU in 10 years because in the past 10 years he was giving information to the um, the KGB. Okay. So he contacted the GRU uh, and the way he did it was he went to a Russian embassy, parked his car in a garage and he saw a GRU officer and then Hansen carried a package of classified information, identify him this himself. This literally addicted. I know. <laughs> he probably just did it for like the thrill too. He probably loved probably like... Probably was hard as shit this whole time. Oh, he was definitely rock hard. So he, he got uh, like a briefcase of documents, identify himself by his code name, which was Ramon Garcia for no, no reason, uh, and described himself as a disaffected FBI agent who was offering his services. The Russian officer didn't recognize the code name, drove off, and then they filed an official protest with the State Department, believing Hansen to be a triple agent, which 
He was only a double agent. Um, and despite having shown his face and disclosed his code name and revealed his FBI affiliation, Hansen escaped arrest when the Bureau's investigation into the incident did not advance. So again, they put the thing in and then they just didn't move forward with it. So like, wait, the Gru officer reported him to the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they still were like, nah, we're not going to look into it. They, they got bigger fish to fry. Apparently. So that was in 92 that happened. Next year, 93, it says Hansen continued to take risks when he hacked into the computer of a fellow FBI agent, a guy named Ray Mislock. He printed out a classified document on Mislock's computer and took this document to Mislock saying, quote unquote, you didn't believe me that the system was insecure, which is what he said when they found out that he printed classified documents. His excuse was he just wanted to show how easy it was to break into the into a guy's computer, I guess. Uh, it says his superiors were not amused and launched an investigation. Another one. In the end, officials believe Hansen's claim that he was merely demonstrating flaws in the security system. Uh, Miss Locke has since theorized that Hansen probably went onto his computer to see if his uh, superiors were investigating him and uh, invented the, you know, the story to cover his tracks, essentially. So they believed it. Yes, yeah. they believed it. And they, and again, didn't go after this oh guy. So he just keeps getting caught and he's getting lucky as shit, You would shit, think after like the third time that this guy's name came up, yeah, they'd be like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. seems a little off here. And I'm pretty sure at this point he was still working within that same department in the FBI who is responsible for discovering Russian moles. Um, so again, that was 93 next year in 94, he expressed interest to transfer in a new department, the national counterintelligence center, which coordinated counterintelligence act. Okay. That's obvious. And then it said when told that he would have to take a lie detector test to join this department, he then just changed his mind. He was like, nah, I'm good. So then three years later, <laughs> FBI, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'd rather, I, I'll just Yeah, stay. he was like, all right, never mind. I like it here. So then three years later in 97, another FBI mole named, er, <laughs> named Earl Pitts. Classic Earl. Yeah. Dirty. Yeah, told the Bureau that he, sus- that he suspected Hanson to be, that was dirty due to the mislock incident, which was the guy who he hacked oh. on his computer. Uh, Pitts, the other mole, was the second FBI agent to mention Hanson by name as a possible mole. The first one was... Um, the brother-in-law that also worked for the FBI. Uh, and then it said superiors were still unconvinced. No action was taken. So they're really busy. Yeah, apparently. So then it personnel from the national security division were sent to investigate Hansen's desktop computer following, uh, because of a reported failure. And it said the national security division chief, Johnny Sullivan ordered the computer impounded after it appeared to be tampered with. They investigated it and found that an attempted hacking had been had taken place. Um, Hansen was the result of it, and he was the one who was it, it from his own like IP address. Or no, or? I'm sorry, it was a it was a a password cracking program that Hansen put on his own computer to hack other people's passwords, not his own computer. I'm sorry. Oh, so it came from Hansen's computer, and that's yes. why they were like. So they they found wait out. Wait a second. So they found out this guy put a password cracking program on his own computer. Um, the National Security Division chief uh, filed a, a filed a report requesting further investigation. Um, Hansen claimed that he was attempting to connect a color printer to his computer, oh but God. he needed the password cracker to bypass the admin password. The FBI believed his story and left him off with a warning. 
Unbelievable. That, that is a good it's cover incredible. up because IT people do have crackers all the time for like things like that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So that is totally believable, but also suspicious. It's also like the early, or like the late nineties too. So te- te- mm-hmm. it's like technology was a lot different than what it is now. Yeah. Right. That's right. wild. Yeah. So yeah. it says and that was the fourth time. Yes. Essentially, yeah. And it said during the all this, fuck? Hansen would search the FBI's internal computer case record to see if he was under investigation. Uh, he was discreet enough to type his own name into FBI search engines. Finding nothing, he decided to resume his spy career after eight years without contact. Um, he established contact with the SVR, which it says the successor to the KGB. Um, in the fall of 1999, he contacted the SVR. Uh, he continued to perform highly incriminating searches of FBI files for his own name and address. And then it says events leading up to his arrest. So this is where it pretty much they actually started paying attention now. So the FBI knew there were moles, began doing a lot of surveillance. The other guy I mentioned uh, earlier, Aldrich Ames, um, he had been also, he was a mole working in the CIA. And in 94, he got caught and arrested and they were go after he got arrested they were going over all the cases he had access to and they it accounted for a lot of why investigations were like just failing because he was giving up all the information but the investigation with that guy Felix Block that i mentioned he was they they knew that Aldrich Ames didn't have access to that case so they knew he wasn't the one who gave up that investigation they knew there was at least another mole in the FBI. Yeah. Um, so the, the FBI and the CIA formed a joint mole hunting team in 94. They find... formed a task force, would you say? Yeah, I nice. would say that. Hell yeah. Um, so to find the suspected second intelligence leak, which was essentially this dude Hansen. So they formed a list of all the agents that had access to that Felix Block case. So after the CIA and the FBI formed this task force Hell yeah. they did find another mole working for the cia a dude named harold nicholson but hansen escaped notice for now um four years later 98 the u.s excuse me using fbi criminal profiling techniques the pursuer zeroed in on an innocent guy named brian kelly who worked for the cia also was involved in the felix block investigation and the CIA and the FBI searched this guy's Brian Kelly's house. They wiretapped his phone, uh, followed him and his family everywhere. And then in 1998, uh, what they what the task force did to, I guess, test him was they sent a, a, a guy with a Russian accent to this guy Brian Kelly's door to warn him that the FBI knew he was a spy and to show up at a, a metro station in the next day to escape. But this guy, Brian Kelly, just reported it to the FBI so he essentially passed the test and they didn't uh-huh. know dude. he was, uh, he, they knew he wasn't a mole then. It should be like a movie. I, I know. I can't believe this shit happened in real life. But um, essentially this guy, Brian Kelly, um, you know, was found innocent. He was placed on administrative leave and where he remained falsely accused uh, because they, even though he didn't fall for this test, they still thought he was a, a mole. So he didn't. Literally, he wasn't found innocent until Hanson was found guilty. Hanson literally looking like the guiltiest dude ever. And they're like, <laughs> you're good. But this Kelly guy, totally innocent. And they're like on his trail. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Even after he passed their test. They're like, like, I don't know. You have to think like after doing this, 
doing this kind of shit for like 15 years. Do you right. think like he thought he was going to get away with it all? You, well, you remember but, what Craig said or what Sturm said? He was like, remember when uh, Craig was talking about his job and he was taking the money and he was like, hogs get, or he was like, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. Yeah. So like, you need to know when to stop and just call it quits and like, yeah. you know, because you're yeah, at a, cer- at a certain point, exactly. You can't do it forever. Right. Um, But yeah, that's, so you said now what year are we in? So that was uh, 99 where he reported it to the FBI uh, and, you know, he denied everything, but he was still placed on administrative leave. Administrative leave. Administrative. Yes, thank you. So FBI later made progress during an operation in which they paid off Russian intelligence officers to deliver information on moles. Um, they paid $7 million to a KGB agent who had access to a file named B, which was essentially the file on Hansen. It was just called B for some reason. And then it says, among other information in this file, there was an audio tape recorded in 1986 with a conversation between Hansen and a KGB agent. And then it said one of the FBI investigators like recognized the voice, couldn't remember who it was. Uh, rifling through the rest of the files, they found notes of the mole using a quote from General George S. Patton about, quote-unquote, the purple-pissing Japanese. And then it says the another FBI guy named Bob King remembered Hansen using that same quote. So the listen to the tape again, recognized the voice belonged to Hansen, and so they finally, I guess, identified him at that point in time. With the mole finally identified, locations, dates, and cases were matched with Hansen's activities during the time period. Damn. Two fingerprints collected from a trash bag were analyzed and, and proved to be Hansen's. So that was... doesn't say what year that happened. I assume like 99 or 2000 because right after it says, FBI placed Hansen under surveillance and was soon discovered that he was again in contact with the Russians. And then it said, in order to bring him back to the FBI headquarters where he could be closely monitored, they quote-unquote promoted him in December 2000. And then they gave him uh, a, a supervising job. Uh, it says supervising FBI computer security. So they moved him, I guess, to the headquarters. And then a month later, January 2001, he was given an office assistant who in reality was a young FBI hate agent assigned to watch him. Wow. Oh, and it's and this guy's name was Eric O'Neill, was the young FBI agent. Damn, so it what says, a stud. O'Neill ascertained you that... You guys related? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it says, uh, O'Neill ascertained that Hanson was using a, a palm... You know you know what a palm pad? Palm pilot? Yeah, palm pilot. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, it was like right before the PDA. Well, it, it was a PDA, essentially. Personal. Digital. Digital. Display of affection. Assistant. <laughs> yeah. Personal digital assistant. Yeah. I don't think any of us know. Dude, no, I had a Palm I Pilot. I think it is. Did you? Yeah, we had them in... I remember in like elementary school or middle school, they like... Just one year them? we just... we No, we had them in, in class and we like used them for like class stuff. Yeah, our my school district had money. Oh my God. Um, but no, like I remember we, we like used them... Or maybe it was... No, maybe elementary school or middle school, one or the other. But anyway, we were using them in class, and then one year for Christmas, I asked for one, <laughs> yeah. and I got one, but it wasn't anything as cool as the one that we had in school. Oh, shit. And like I used it for like a month, and then it's just sat in a drawer. So you forever. were pissed. You think yeah, you still I, have I was it? pretty mad. No, it's <laughs> like it's like when those kids get um, you ask for like a white Beamer, but your parents get you like a black one. So then you go and crash it on purpose, yeah, so they can the get you a white one. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so uh, on this Palm Pilot, Hansen was storing, I guess, some type of incriminating information, and O'Neill was able to briefly obtain his Palm Pilot and have agents download and decode the encrypted contents, which essentially gave the FBI its hard evidence. Not that the fingerprints and the audio tape wasn't hard evidence, but I guess just more evidence. And then wrapping up here, it says, During his final days with the FBI, Hansen began to suspect that something was wrong. In early February 2001, he asked a friend uh, at a computer technology company for a job. He also believed that he was hearing noises on his car radio that indicated it was bugged. Although the FBI was later unable to produce those noises he claimed to have heard. And then it says, In the last letter Hansen wrote to the Russians, um, which was picked up by the FBI. Hansen said that he was promoted to a do-nothing job outside of regular access to information and that, quote-unquote, something has aroused the sleeping tiger. So that was February 01. And then even though he had all these suspicions, he tried to make one more uh, dead drop to the Russians, which essentially, if you don't know what a dead drop is, it's like you get um, uh, a box or whatever you're trying to hand off and you just throw it under, you know, you just stash it under a rock in a public park or something. Mm -hmm. And then a few hours later, someone else will come pick up the rock and then get the package or whatever. So essentially it's handing off a package without being in the same place as the person you're handing it off to. Uh, So that's what a dead drop is. And he was, he, so handsome, dropped his friend off at an airport on February 18th, 01. He drove to Virginia's Foxstone Park, which is a public park, and he taped a white piece of paper to a parking sign, which indicated a signal to his Russian contacts that there was information at the dead drop location. So he followed his usual routine, taking a package consisting of a sealed garbage bag of classified material, and he taped it to the bottom of a wooden footbridge over a creek. And then it says when FBI... That's some heavy-duty tape. I know. It's wild. You know what kind of tape he used? Scotch tape. No, it's definitely no, duct tape. Yeah, I have no idea. It doesn't, doesn't indicate what type of tape. I don't know why. Should have dug <laughs> more into this fucking story. Uh, so he was under surveillance this whole time. Oh so the God. FBI agents saw him doing this, and that's when they decided to move in and arrest him. And then it says, upon being arrested, Hansen asked, quote, what took you so long? The FBI waited two more days to see if any of Hansen's SBR handlers would show up to collect the dead drop, but they failed to appear. And then the Justice Department announced his arrest two days later on February 20th of 2001. And then it wow. says... So even the Russians knew it wasn't safe to come get the info yeah. anymore. <laughs> so that was February 01. Next year, May 2002, he was sentenced to 15 consecutive sentences of life in prison without possibility of parole. And that was to escape the death penalty, essentially. That was like... Probably the one of the longest prison sentences I've ever heard of is fifteen life sentences. Fifteen life sentences. I feel like he's I at think the supermax too. Mm-hmm, yeah, he's at the ADX Florence, I believe it's called in yep. Colorado. And so, so this guy today, ready, is in this prison for twenty three hours mm-hmm. a day, is in solitary confinement, and for one hour a day, he gets to interact with other people and go outside, essentially, maybe. Um, it says his only motivation was for profit, which he only got $1.4 million in cash and uh, in cash and diamonds. So both of that combined was worth 1.4 mil over, you know, 20, 30 I mean, Don't years. get me wrong. That's a good chunk of change. But at the same time, if you're risking your life, you know, to give away yeah. all that information, I, I would fucking expect more money for that. What, he went in there when he was what, like 55, like late 50s? Because what, he's 75 now? 
Uh, so he wasn't that old either. Yeah, he was he was fairly young. Let me let me double check. So what he started like in his late twenties? Uh yeah. hang on, I'm sorry. Jesus Steve, fucking Steve Christ, why is this does this? He always bumbles it. Yeah, yeah, you think he'd have more fucking information on this. Yeah, why he doesn't he have he, all of our he, answers? He literally knows nothing about this guy. I'm sorry. I'm I don't know how long I've been saying this. The dude's name is Robert Hansen, not Richard Hansen. Yeah, okay. So I'm getting these isn't, uh mixed up. Isn't Richard Hansen the guy from No, that's Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen. Yeah, that's Chris. Who are you waiting for? No relation. Yeah, so right, right hey. now, Robert Hansen. How are you doing? Let's have a talk. Robert Hansen is 75 years old. He was born in nine in 44. So What was his birthday? Uh, April 18th. So, almost 420. So close. <laughs> <laughs> but so essentially, they so he got convicted, and then I guess they, the FBI and the Justice Department or whatever did a bunch of interviews. Um, and then Did he say anything crazy, or is he, he was literally just like, yeah, I was just in it for the fucking money. So, you, I mean, he was essentially just in it for the money, and other people that knew him uh, outside of work described him as very close with his family, attended Mass every week. He says he urged fellow Catholics in the FBI to attend Mass more often. Um, his wife Keep teaches... Keep in church, man. Yeah, this wife, is, and see, this is why I don't trust religion. I know, yeah, <laughs> this right here? Yeah. It, um, because of this guy. Yeah. His wife actually teaches theology, I think high school theology today. Are they still, still married? I have no fucking clue. Dude, how do you she not know this? him in the Supermax. Yeah, is he getting pussy still? I doubt you can get visitors in the Supermax. I mean, it says, oh, his, no way. It says no he chance. still has a spouse. They so. literally put the worst of the worst there. Yeah. Did she get to keep any of his money? Like Fuck the God. underwear bombers there. Yeah. Now, all the only, bombers, all the terrorists. My only question is... The Boston bombers there. At the end of all this... Did the wife know? Like, was she just like, yeah, this is cool. Where are you getting all these, he, all this money? She, she had, just assumed she it was know. from his job? Yeah. So she, hey, she where'd you know. get this bag of diamonds? Well, it says here. I, it was I a was bonus reading, at work. I was reading a different thing. <laughs> okay. That he spent a lot of money on... Um, hookers. Yeah, hookers. Yeah. But did... but So you might have also seen this, Zach, but it said, um, without the knowledge of his wife, uh, a friend named Jack would sometime watch the Hansons, him and his wife, have sex through a bedroom window. Hanson then began to secretly videotape his sexual encounters with his own wife and then shared the videos with his friend Jack. Uh, later, he had a vid- he hid a video camera in the bedroom. That was it was a closed circuit camera, so his buddy Jack could watch them live while they were fucking. Hold on, hold Wait, on. Wait, what? <laughs> Jack? More like Jack off. Damn, nice. All right, damn. Yeah. So before he was caught, he Got was him. he was putting on a, a show for his one friend who was literally in his guest bedroom in his own house. Yeah, but they he would set up still... a closed circuit connection <laughs> so the guy could just like sit on the couch. Yeah. And crank his hog. Yeah, I guess yeah. So, in the other room. It's you know what they say. Pigs get fat. Hogs, Hogs get, get fucking beat the <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> it says he explicitly described the sexual details of his marriage on internet chat rooms, giving it, uh, giving sufficient information for those who knew them to essentially recognize him. Could you imagine running into him on AIM? <laughs> no, nah, dude. We def- chat Avenue. Was it Big Wolf? Oh, my... It doesn't look I, like I, th- I think we've talked about Big Wolf before on the podcast. But oh, no, yeah, you talked about Big Wolf. Yeah, but yeah. it was literally this dude that, like... Who was to, always in this yeah, internet we used to chat pretty, room. I will say, the one thing... There's one redeeming quality about Big Wolf is that we pretended to be, like, an underage girl and talk to him, and he was just like, no, you're too young. And we're like, my man, Big Wolf. Yeah, bless <laughs> up. <laughs> it's like, man, this is a real fucking dude right here. <laughs> You'd have to call Chris Hansen. No, we didn't. <laughs> 
So the only other bit of information I have is that Hansen visited DC strip clubs frequently and has spent a lot of a time spent a lot of time with a stripper named Priscilla. Um, Dude, she probably made she probably knew about what he was doing. I mean, maybe, but because when you get when you're when you're at the strip club like that and you're just kind of like whatever drunk and saying yeah, shit, I yeah. I feel like a lot of strippers know about like a lot of like crazy wild things that yeah, like some dudes to. have done. But I'm sure people probably also say whatever they yeah, want. They're to strippers. Lying it says, too. Yeah, they're just lying too. It says here that he took her on a visit to the FBI training facility in Quantico, Virginia, and he also took her on a on a vacation in Hong Kong. <laughs> the same stripper. So, what do you guys think about what's going on in Hong Kong? We're not going to talk about that. Pro or anti. I'm about to walk out, <laughs> just like the Blizzard employees. <laughs> but re- so the only other thing I has it says he gave her money, jewels, a used Mercedes, but he cut off contact with oh, her. Oh, used his Mercedes. Wait, he, he had. He couldn't buy her a new one. He had jewels twenty years before they were released. <laughs> yeah. And then it said, Fuck. Is he he cut off contact with her when she fell into drug abuse, and then it said that the stripper Priscilla claims that although she offered to sleep with him a bunch, Hanson would always decline, saying that he was trying to convert her to Catholicism the whole time. <laughs> he wasn't even trying to fuck this her. This dude is literally a freak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a freak. He's he a freak who got even... fucking Americans killed. Now, <laughs> yeah. after, is the story done or we still got some more crazy it, it's info? It's pretty much done. That's I all just, I after all on. that, can I see a picture of this guy? Yeah, I got it. Right and his name's Robert Hanson. Robert right? Hanson. Here you go. Right here. Oh, shit. I gotta say right now, every time I've no said Richard, way, that's really him. Th- that looks nothing like you would think, right? Looks you, like a, I mean, I think he looks like a normal dude, like a normal old guy. Yeah, that, dude, that literally looks like he could just be my dad. Yeah, like he could, he's just like a, he looks like a normal fucking dude. But then again, that those are the people that you would suspect least, or at least you know. Let me show. So the other guy I mentioned, Aldrich Ames. I'll show you a picture of him, and this guy actually does look like a guy who would. Be I was expecting more shit. along the lines of who's the guy, who's the serial killer that you think I look like? John Wayne Gacy. I, that's who I was expecting. The I was expecting clown. John Wayne Gacy. But here's the other mole guy. Look at this fucking guy. Like See, he, that looks like a mole. Like something's going on with this guy. He looks like a serial killer. Yeah, that's Aldrich Ames, and he. He looks like he fucks his dog. Oh, like the sexy vegan? Yeah, the sexy vegan yeah, from our last episode. <sighs> yeah. he de- that dude definitely fucks his dog. <laughs> but yeah, so that uh, that's all I have on Robert Hansen. Dude, Sold. that's wild. Only got 1.4 mil for you know, 20, 30 years. Dude, that's wild. What was trying to convert not only the stripper, but also uh, Catholic FBI co-workers. He, he, was, he was saying, go to mass more often. So he was he a missionary. Yeah, essentially. Are you sure he wasn't Mormon? It doesn't say. It says Catholicism is what he uh, he was he was a practiced. evangelical Christian. Yeah. Anyway, who knows? Um, but uh, crazy story. I was re- I remember reading that, and I was like, I can't believe. I remember I was off the jank reading this. I, I remember like, you told. You've been talking <laughs> about this for like months. You've been trying to get. The, he's been trying to get this story together. Yeah, and Where, I wanted you guys on because you said you want to do a true crime, or like you want to do a serial killer. I think you said. Well, no, for I, a true I, crime. My, mine isn't a serial killer. I just like wild, unusual things. Okay, like, like that. Happen. Yeah, that's something that you wouldn't that you don't normally hear. But dude, that. All right. So after seeing that guy's picture. Yeah. Ima- or try to imagine who would play that play him in a movie. I don't oh, know. anybody. Somebody good looking, I'm sure, because everybody Oh, you know be looking. you know who would be perfect? Who? 
why can't I think of the guy from King of Queens? <laughs> Kevin James. Kevin James <laughs> yeah. should play yeah. this fucking dude. He would be perfect. And we'll we'll put a picture of Robert. We'll make Hansen. it into a comedy. We'll put this his picture on our Twitter for so anyone listening can go see that or just look it up yourselves. And, and like everything he's done, he's like bumbling around. Everyone's like, "Hey, are you the mole?" And he's like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, "All right, just, okay, that's cool." Just trying to see get the, ya. Just trying to get the color printer hooked up. Yeah, you know I'm me? just uh, <laughs> headed to church. Yeah. Go to church, man. Speaking of coming to mass. <laughs> hey, I'm on your computer, but you should really be watching your shit, dog. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> fucking idiot. I'm just trying to see if shit's compromised. Yeah, man. So, uh, so Bro, that's that wild. Was, so that was one of the Paul craziest Blart, things I've ever Russian seen. Russian mole. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that, I was not expecting A, for him to look like that, and B, yeah. for him to have evaded. But it wasn't even him evading. It was just like. They were just like, it was like nah. uh, uh. I I was trying to hook up a color printer, and they're like, "Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, cool, dude. So he's in one of, like, the, like, ADX Florence is, like, one of, if not the most, like, high-security prison. It's it's the only Supermax in the United States. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, so he's there, and, like, on the ADX Florence Wikipedia page, it has, like, all these notable criminals and shit, and... Who else notable is in the Supermax? I know you guys... The underwear bomber. The bombers. The shoe bomber. You guys were talking about... Boston Marathon bomber. So, hold on, that... After hearing that story, that that brings me into my story. So you guys ready? Let's hear it. All right. So um, this is this is from the Huffing the Huff Post. This is this oh. is a story on the Huff Post. Here we go. Let's hear it. It began innocently enough for Ashley Huff. The 23-year-old was riding in the passenger seat of a car when po- when police in Gainesville, Georgia, pulled the car over for a minute, or sorry, pulled the car over for a routine traffic stop. When cops searched Huff bags. Huff's bags, they found a spoon that was covered in a mysterious residue. It was dirty. Um, was it Earl's? No, it was dirty, and Huff explained that because she had recently eaten SpaghettiOs and placed the dirty spoon in the bag in order to return it to a friend, <laughs> officers thought it might be methamphetamine, so they conducted a field test, which reportedly came back positive. Okay. So uh, Huff was charged with possession of methamphetamine and spent two weeks behind bars before being released. And then she was thrown back in jail later in August where she remained for a month and a half until more l- thorough lab tests were resulted or were taken. Um, and they revealed that she'd actually only been guilty of possession of SpaghettiOs all along. What? <laughs> wow. How, how, how terrible would that so be? They, that'd be like they literally found a dirty fucking spoon in her bag and they're like, yeah, there's meth on this. <laughs> I gotta say, it's a pretty shitty story that you're returning a spoon to a friend. You smell, well, but... you smell like ice bra. <laughs> it's you like, smell like ice bra. It's like it's, my, it's like bra. when I take food home from my mom and she gives me like a container to put in. She's like, make sure you bring that. Yeah, back. but a, yeah. I'm just like a single spoon. Yeah, I might end up keeping that spoon. <laughs> but like, she probably ate the spaghettios like. Like, dude, on I re- the go, and she was like, "I'll just put this in my bag instead of putting it in my car." <laughs> so, how long was she like suspected of? Uh, carrying meth before they found out it was so she was in jail from what I saw for two weeks Okay, uh, and then she got out of jail and then she got thrown back in jail a few months later and she was in there for about a month while they did more tests on the, <laughs> on the meth spoon. But it was just spaghettios. Yeah, too. how long does it take to do a fucking meth test on a spoon? Does meth look like dried up spaghettios? God knows. Like, I don't know. 
Like spaghetti sauce. Well, you I don't mean, know. You don't know how old and crusty the spaghettios were, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. she could have had. It was like yeah. eight months later, and her friend was like, "I need that spoon." Back. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> just like, "That's my favorite spoon." <laughs> yeah. So, dude, I don't know. I just thought that was a very dumb and interesting story. Yeah, right. Imagine getting locked up for almost two months yeah. in actual jail. Because you had a dirty spoon in your bag. Right, yeah. That, I'd, I'd be requesting immediate compensation oh, for fuck my yeah. time in jail. I, I'd, be the fuck out, I'd be the fuck out of there. So um, they talked about this on the Preston and Steve show, but did you guys hear about the midget um, who was claiming to be, she, who was like, I think 21 or 22 years old, and she was uh, in like a foster home trying to get adopted, and she was claiming to be a nine-year-old girl. Oh yeah, dude! And the, and she started, but it was like a twenty. It might be like a twenty-two-year-old uh, like Russian uh, midget. Yeah, but but did you guys hear about this? No. no. All right, so bro, this is wild. I don't have the information up, and they talked about it on the press and Steve show. But it's, essentially, it's a long-ass story. So this uh, it says her name is Christine. She's three feet tall and a twenty-two-year-old sociopath pretending to be a child and tried to kill her family in uh, in a plot mirroring the horror film The Orphan if you guys have ever seen that movie I actually think I um, have heard about this now So and she uh, I don't have I mean I can try and find the details but essentially like I the way that the adoptive family found out that she wasn't nine years old because they were like giving her a bath and she had like and she had pubes and also she <laughs> yeah. was like smoking cigarettes and stuff yeah and then she was having her periods <laughs> oh, and stuff my god like i understand everything happens to people differently but when you're supposed to be That's nine hilarious. like when you're nine years old i mean i don't like i know girls i, I think develop faster than boys do but but not at nine but not at nine yeah, not when you're hilarious. three feet tall like how do you have pee? I don't know. But, that's just so and weird. And then she tried to kill them. Yeah. So they. No, she would like they tried talk to, and talk to herself and say that she was like, or like they would talk and they would ask her like what she was saying and she was just like, I'm going to kill you. No, because because uh, I remember some of the details of the story were that um, because she was like uh, a midget and I guess she you know I guess her legs were formed a little weird. She couldn't like walk properly. Essentially, when when the family first met her, they said, "Is this that, about the beach?" Yes, and yeah. then so they and then they took all their kids to the beach, and then it sent, and then out of nowhere, this this nine this twenty two year old midget posing as a nine year old girl can all of a sudden start running and can run into the water, and the family was like, "Well, that's really weird, considering we've never seen her run in like the multiple months that we've yeah you know that she's been in the family." And then they said that they had a like um um what's it called videos inside of the house, uh caught her just like standing next to the parents' bed just watching them yeah, sleep they were for asleep. a few hours. And one and the wildest thing I think about the whole story is how they like got away from her. They so when they finally like came to the not assumption but when they all kind of agreed that she was not a nine year uh, a nine year old girl they rented her an apartment mm-hmm. and they. All and they put her in there, and then they left, and they moved away. No, I don't think they did that. Did they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they moved away. They literally put her in the apartment, and they moved. Because the the story that I heard, essentially, the reason why this story is is uh, coming up in the public now, even though it happened quite some time ago, is because this family that initially adopted her um, are getting charged with like, uh, what's it called? Um, like child neglect yeah child neglect thank you but then they said that this family has uh medical proof that this 
girl is not a nine-year-old child and is indeed 22. So when you have a 22-year-old kid, you don't need to take care of them anymore. So this family Mm -hmm. buying or, you know, paying for this apartment really did nothing wrong because you're not liable for a 22-year-old. Yeah. Even if they are your kid, they're not liable. So essentially, this family did nothing wrong. Yeah, it's wild. You know? How crazy is that? I heard about that on one of my podcasts that I listened to. So where is she now? Is she just running loose somewhere? No. Another family adopted her. Yeah, but they they can't find her now, they said. Oh, she's she's out in the... So she could be uh, with another family right now. It was like a priest and his his wife, I think, uh, ended up adopting her. And like, you know, and what's crazy too is like different doctors, like they would like take mm-hmm. her to the doctor and different doctors were like, yeah, she's definitely nine. And then other doctors were like, no, she's like a midget who's like actually 22. Yeah. But like different doctors would say different things. So they have conflicting medical evidence. So yeah, wild, dude. Which is the dumbest thing. So now this family is getting essentially destroyed for child neglect and they're like, she's not a child this we didn't something, do anything wrong something i remember too about this family is the the mom i think like of the actual family that originally adopted this girl is that mm-hmm. the mom uh, uh she raised her son who i think has some sort of uh mental yes. disorder but he's very he's very but, smart but he's extremely smart that. and he ended up going on to do something like really can you look that up to see what he did mm-hmm. he went on to do something really big and i forget like what it was he no because I think he was uh, he had like mild autism I think but despite that he was like essentially a genius and then he went to didn't he go to some academy or some prestigious yeah, he, school he did something I'm trying to look up real quick here but yeah but you're right and and essentially because of the family's involvement with this midget now the son is like I guess getting you know what am I trying to say like he's feeling backlash. the effects yeah. yeah the backlash of essentially this this 22 year old midget it's fucking wild on the pack on the podcast i listened to they were talking about how you know because she's 22 mm-hmm. they're talking about how that they should that she should come and work with them and they're going to send her out to like all the politicians that are into like underage girls oh my god and then like oh, get weird. them busted even though she's you know but actually it's psycho? all yeah but that's the whole point. Yeah, but yeah. she would totally do it then. And exactly. She wouldn't care. How that I was like, that's a fucking great idea. Yeah, that's so sick. <laughs> that's a real good idea. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm it's it's hard to look up information on the spot while you're recording, but uh I'm trying to find details about the son in this family, but most of it is about this Natalia. Her name's Natalia Barnett. Natal- Natalia Barnett is her name. If anyone listening to this wants to Look up more information online. Go ahead. Um, we don't have everything, but I just—I didn't even think to talk about that until just now. Right. I, I dude, that's wild. Yeah, I got one if, if we're good for time. Yeah, yeah. So, what are we at right now? Fifty-four minutes. All right, cool. So this one is described as one of the most complicated and bizarre crimes ever in the FBI. It okay. is wild, and right, it takes place in Erie, Pennsylvania. Hell yeah! <laughs> so there is Fuck this. So there is this guy. His name is Brian Wells. He's a high school dropout and worked as a pizza delivery man at Mamma Mia's Pizzeria in Erie, PA. We're actually sponsored by Mamma Mia's Pizzeria, which is is very weird. Um, On the afternoon of August 28th, 2003, Wells received a call to deliver two pizzas to um, a place right down the street, but it was a... uh, it was a t- local TV's transmitting tower with an office. So it was like okay. kind of like tucked away in the woods. And according to the law enforcement, Wells was participating 
in a plan for a bank robbery and was well aware of the complex plot, although he believed a bomb, which was a part of the plot, to be fake. And upon arriving at the tower, Wells found out that it, the plans had changed and that the bomb was real. And here's what's weird about the bomb. Okay. It's a collar. So you wear it around your neck and he and he was going to re- re- wear it around his neck and found out that it's a real homemade live bomb. So was he trying to blow up this ta- this tower? No, or? he was just trying to trying to like I don't know, like make the bank freak out or something, like not have a real thing and just oh. like cuz they'll just hand you money. Like they don't yeah, give you a problem. Right. So okay. okay, so what How happened did this come at, into at the, the tower? Pizza delivery? Okay, so at the tower they got Wait, in- Tower 7? <laughs> yeah. So at That's the, next. At the tower, they got into a really like big argument, and Wells said no, and then they handed well, Wells nine pages of instructions. A oh, cane, okay. A cane that was a shotgun, and this bomb collar. So this delivery to the tower was a delivery to the people he was working with, which is essentially was a reason to He was expecting the call, okay, yes, yeah. but he was not expecting what was about to happen. Gotcha. gotcha. So okay. he had like... You know, he was, um, yeah, he knew something was going and, down, and he was supposed like he was there for his job, so that's why he was at the the peak, right. at the yes, tower yeah. at Tower Seven. Gotcha. Okay, so after the bomb was placed, Wells was given a, a sophisticated, sophisticated homemade shotgun, which mm-hmm. had which was shaped like a cane, and the nine pages of instructions, and he was told just to tell people that he got jumped at the tower, which he kind of did because he did not want to wear the real bomb. <laughs> yeah, right. So the instructions addressed to the bomb hostage listed a series of strictly timed tasks to collect the keys that would delay the detonation and eventually defuse it. It also warned Wells that he would be under constant surveillance and any attempts to contact authorities would result in the bomb's detonation. Act now, what? think later, or you will die was scrawled at the bottom of the instructions. Jeez. Fuck. And did they put the collar on him? Yes, at it the... was on him. It was real big, and what he did was he put the collar on and then put a shirt over the collar. Like a turtleneck or something? Yeah. Maybe? I mean, it, it yeah. still looked goofy. Like, the video of him in the bank, it looks goofy, but I mean, like, what are you going to say? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't know what yeah. it is. So he was tasked to quietly enter the PNC bank on, on Peach Street and give the teller a note demanding $250,000. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. The teller didn't have the time. Uh, to do it, so she just gave him what was in the thing. They had eighty seven hundred dollars. Okay. He left the bank, and at two thirty eight, witness called nine one one, and um, around fifteen minutes later, after Wells left the bank, police spotted him and promptly arrested him. And Wells was like screaming um, that people had had jumped him and placed a bomb around his neck, provided him with a shotgun, and told him that he'd commit the robbery or or they will kill him. Right. And the officers did not attempt to disarm the advice. And they were like clearing the area and the bomb squad was called. And at 318, just three minutes before the bomb squad arise, arrived, the bomb detonated Fuck. and killed him in minutes. Because he min- didn't die right away. He died like two minutes after. Oh, what? Yeah. So he was suffering for a few yeah, minutes. for a while. For a little bit. I'm sure it was awful. <laughs> God damn. So let me guess. I never found the guys. They did find the guys. Um, there's a whole thing about it, but it's very, there's like very many... Uh, unclosed holes but they the instructions were so wild and it was like ended up being his friend or something but he was literally i mean not his friend or people that he like associated it with um he knew these people for a while essentially yeah but i mean he was delivering pizza to him for a while (laughs) they're like yo do we have this crazy idea (laughs) hey come here let me uh put this bomb collar on you (laughs) but that's like literally a movie i just wish that's you have crazy. to look up. The yeah, that pic- should be a movie. You should look up the pictures of the notes, 
Like the instructions, I'm telling you, they're like college ruled and every line has something so specific. Like go past this, you will see a sign. And authorities tried to do the instructions and there's no way that you could do it in the time that they had given. So why did it end up going off? Because it was on a timer? Yeah, because it was on a timer. And they were like, because you have to understand like the cops were like clearing the area trying to you know, make sure no one was getting hurt and they were just waiting for the bomb squad. So they were probably, yeah. he was probably sitting there for a good couple minutes. Just and, shit in his pants. Yeah. And there is a Netflix documentary about this. Really? And it is wild. Have you, have you seen it? Oh yeah. What's I it called? Do you know? It. It's called Evil Genius. Like the most, com- the, like the most complicated crime. And it is, it is wild. It and is this a wild was back tale. in 03, you said? Yeah, 2003. Okay. And apparently it was like it had it was on the international news. It had huge media attention. I don't remember hearing. I mean, we were also really young at that point. I mean, yeah, we were 10 years old, Steve. Not even. Yeah. We were nine at that point. I guess there's no reason why we would be told about that. All right, I have something real quick. No. But it's just like <laughs> it's just like a it's just not like a crime story. It's just like a wild story that makes you think. Okay. Here we okay. go. Have you ever heard of... Is it in that tower set? No, no, it's not. (laughs) Okay. I've told Zach about this. Is anyone familiar with Bob Lazar? No. Not name doesn't ring a bell? Is that the guy that uh, pooped his pants during (laughs) the the basketball game? Okay. So (laughs) Bob Lazar is primarily known for his claims of having been hired in the late 1980s to reverse engineer purported extraterrestrial technology at a secret site called S4 allegedly located several kilometers south of the United States Air Force facility, popular known as Area 51. All right. He, claim, he, ex, he claimed that he examined an alien craft that ran on an antimatter reactor powered by Element 115, which at the time had not yet, had not yet been synthesized. He also claims to have read U.S. government briefing documents that described alien involvement in human affairs over the past 10,000 years. What? His story has been analyzed and rejected by skeptics and U- Uf- UFOologists alike. Yeah. <laughs> Ufologists. <laughs> Including, so he claims that he has degrees from MIT and Caltech, except they say that that is not true, that he never went to those schools. And the Air Force Base, of course, the military says that he's never been, never worked for the military. Well, they well, would you know say that, though. And they would definitely make him a ghost so, if he worked on something so like that. So, listen, mm-hmm. in May not 1989, he appeared in an interview under the pseudonym Dennis and with his face hidden to discuss his purported employment at S-4 that is part of Area 51. Right. Um, he said it was S-4 is adjacent to Papoose Lake, which is located south of the main Area 51 facility at mm-hmm. Groom Lake. He claimed the site consisted of concealed aircraft hangars built into a mountainside. He said that his job was to help with the reverse engineering of one of nine flying saucers, which he alleged were extraterrestrial in origin. He claims that one of the flying saucers, the one he coined the sport model, was manufactured out of metallic substance similar in appearance and touch to stainless steel. And then later that year, he appeared in an unmasked interview under his own name. He claimed the propulsion of the study vehicle was fueled by the chemical element with the atomic number 115, which did not exist at the time, but was later synthesized in 2003 and later named Muscovium. So basically all this stuff that he said, and of course, Interesting everything shit. is denied for where he went to school and being involved with the military. Well, well now there's like um, the Navy, or not necessarily the Navy, but the Armed Forces there. It's like it's like a, their, their whole disclosure bullshit with um, like UFOs has like 
really they don't really give a shit anymore. You can kind of talk about whatever. Well, I do a- know as of 2019, he continues to make the same claims. Well, yeah, because he's a crazy person. Well, That's what crazy I don't people know. do. I mean, Is he crazy? If I was the most powerful and influential country in the world, and somebody was saying something that just wasn't ready for public knowledge, yeah. would you not use all of your money and influential power to make him seem like a crazy person? Definitely. I mean, I know there's a lot of times when the U.S. government will do, I guess, these uh, undercover missions, and then essentially it's like, if you get caught, we will deny anything, Mm -hmm. any involvement in you working for the government or military or whatever, and... That's just that's just what happens. I think I think the most wild thing about it is the fact that he was talking about that element that like didn't exist. It didn't yeah. exist for like another fifteen, twenty years, yep. and he, you know, obviously, yeah, he could just pull a fucking random number he out of his lucky. ass. He could have gotten <laughs> yeah. lucky, but at the same time, yeah. you know, once that finally came out and that shit was, you know, like you said, synthesized to be a, you know, a real element, element. Yeah, then he, you know, he was probably just like. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, they're going to believe me now. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. That is crazy. I mean, it's like uh, the government has done so many wild things, though, that I forget like that happened. And like the things that they still don't admit to, like there's a letter written to MLK like that says like, oh, like we're going to come get you. And it's like very clearly like the CIA sent him that letter. What? Yeah. And you can look that up. Very famous letter. So, I mean, I mean I'm not saying like I'm just saying in particular, like the government is capable of things that. You know, yeah, they we don't wouldn't even think to. about. Yeah, we right. wouldn't even think about that they could do. No, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Hey, you got to control your people. It's just, uh, it's crazy. The USSR theme plays. <laughs> Bass <Bizarre>. boosted. <laughs> All right. Well, do you guys want to wrap up? Those were those were really good stories. So thank you for. Uh, coming we should we should come back want. with an actual like, uh, more in depth like conspiracy theory one because that's oh, we could go it on went for hours it went from that. like crime into conspiracy which is totally cool but i think we should do one that's like legit talking about different that's conspiracies yeah and, and we could tower seven. have like an ancient aliens episode <laughs> investigate tower seven relax investigate Spe- did you Nipsey listen to the Hustle? episode of comedy bang bang where they yeah. talked about tower seven i did today. dude legit like comedy bang bang do you guys it's a podcast no i know of no. it though but anyway it's like a weekly podcast it's just a, it's a it's legit it's a legit it's a legit comedy podcast but like they were talking about tower seven for like a brief moment i was just like I was like, we got to it first. <laughs> we did. And Specifically, it's, you guys got and to it, it first. It must be investigated. I demand it. <laughs> I think they were actually talking about something like that. It, it, dude, it, it was so funny. They like said, when I heard they said say Tower it. 7 was an inside job is what they said. Yep. I, in fact, I bet Bob Lazar worked on the direct energy weapons that took out Tower 7. Yep. I could believe Could it. be. All right, you want to do what's popping? Yeah, let's do what's popping. We'll, uh, we'll end it here. Uh, the only thing that I can think of that I want to give a shout out to is this vr game that's coming out it doesn't have a release date except hot dogs and hand grenades too no it's called bone works but it's coming out in 2019 boner works but essentially when this game oh i heard about that i saw gameplay yeah and when it comes out i think i'm gonna stream it a lot even though i really don't stream anything that much what is it it's just like a really good shooter it's 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 this uh vr game it's similar to half-life I don't know if you ever played Half-Life, really? yeah. but it's it's all virtual reality, and the thing that makes it different from most virtual reality games is the physics engine that this small little team is developing, and it's very, it's 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 something that VR games don't really have yet. Yeah, and the, it looks unreal. You should just look up clips on YouTube. Yeah, uh, anyone Bone listening? Works. Yeah, look, they have like three videos up, but uh, I'll take a peep. 
Yeah, take a peep. I'm going to stream it a lot when it comes out. Twitch.com slash INH Steve. Yeah, I'll dude, I'm actually I'm pulling it up on my computer now and just leaving it on until <laughs> uh, you start streaming Until it. the game comes yep. out and I start streaming. Hell yeah. yeah. It doesn't have a release date except uh, Q4 of 2019, which I think we're technically in we're, the fourth is, quarter. We are in the fourth quarter. So it'll probably be like December because they haven't announced it yet. Holiday but, um, season. Bone works. Yeah. 2019. Keep an eye out for it. It's wild. It's really cool. So uh, that's all I want to shout out. That sounds pretty good. Uh, what do you guys have? Uh, I'll go. Um, Emily and I just recently watched a show on Netflix. It is so we weren't expecting it to be a German. It's like originally a German Netflix series, but ah. it's like American dubbed. But it's called Dark. Okay. Um, I highly recommend it. It's two seasons. Emily and I literally watched it in five days. I think it's like eighteen episodes total. But it is uh, just about. I'm gonna just say it's time travel. Okay. And that's like the basic, and it's like. There were so many times where Emily and I would think, like, I mean, I've gotten to this point with movies and TV shows now that I've seen so much that I can kind of, like, if they start, you know, doing, I can just predict you know a lot like of they what's go going in a to direction happen. And, then, and yeah. I was predicting a lot was what's going to happen, but there was a lot of twists that I, like, wasn't expecting. Okay. And I like stuff that can kind of, like, outsmart me. And I'm not saying I'm smarter than, like, a lot of TV, but there's, like, a lot of stuff that, you know, you can really see coming nowadays, especially right. if you watch a lot of TV and movies. Yeah. Dan is the same way. She and, and, yeah, and Emily will sit there and I'll be like, oh, this dude's, like... like He's in on it. It's like, whatever. this dude's her dad. And then, like, three episodes later, it'll come out, and then Emily will be like, how did you know that? And I'm just... <laughs> I don't know. I just... It's it's you easy. Pick up on stuff. Yeah, 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 it's exactly. You just pick, a t- pick up on stuff, pay attention to stuff, but I highly recommend it. It's very cool. Um, I just finished it actually because I fell asleep during the last episode last night and Emily was finished it and then realized that I was asleep. So <laughs> I watched it today and it was left you on quite a cliffhanger. It's a little weird getting past the German because it's an, it's a German show, but it's dubbed over in English. So and then I also use the English subtitles. Okay. So it's still slightly off from like right. the German. So yeah. Their but, mouths don't like match well, up. Yeah. Entirely, and, okay. But then you're also reading the the English subtitles, but the, also the English that is being spoken is also like a little off. But it's okay. it, the acting is still good in the. It's just a really good story. It's it's cool. wild. So, anyways, cool. that's what I'm shouting out. It's also, dark on Netflix. Yeah, just dark. Also, uh, when you shit and piss in a bottle, put a balloon over top of that <laughs> bottle. Uh, What's let that, that called bottle again? ferment. Um, oh, you inhale yeah. those fucking gases, and those are Jankum gases. And you know what happens when you fucking inhale those Jankum gases? You get hella fucking high. I'm glad you got that in before we ended. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and what do you got? Any uh, shout outs? I out just want to shout out the Netflix show again. Evil Genius, the true story yeah. of America's most diabolical bank heist. You will watch yeah, it. I'm, watch I'm, it for five minutes, and you will you will watch the whole thing. It's four episodes. Cool. Okay. Maybe it's like I a little mini series. Yeah. Come cool, on, definitely. definitely You'll will. be hooked in five minutes. Cool. Uh, shout out Joker. Oh, you saw it. <laughs> shout out yeah, yeah. my iPhone 11 Pro. I got a panic oh, nice. attack in the middle of Joker. Wait, you saw it? Yeah, it wasn't from Joker, but I had like I ate like three edibles. Before. <laughs> <laughs> And I was good off the first two, and then like I ate the third one, and the third one like tasted a lot more like full of jankum than the other ones. Well, they're jankum edibles. Yeah, they were jankum edibles. So like the first two were fine. I was like really lit, and then like halfway through because it's like it made me like kind of anxious, and like a lot of stuff that was happening was like making me feel weird. And then then also in the back of my mind, Mm -hmm. right, I was just like, 
I really hope someone doesn't come in here and oh shoot up the God. fucking theater. Yeah. Like, and I know it's, you were like, this would blow. No, and, and we were right in the front row, so they could come right around. And I and like I was thinking about that, and then like there were certain scenes <laughs> that would make me fucking feel weird, and then my chest got all tight. So, and I'm like, I need to get the fuck out of here. You did your third Jenga medal, and then you said this theater's getting shot up. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> I, I was thinking about that before I walked in, and but you know, obviously, just Jenga makes you a little paranoid, and it was just it was weird. But I really liked it for the the 20 minutes that I missed. I'm kind of yeah. sad, but. It was overall. It was it was very good. His uh, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. (laughs) Um, He had the Joker laugh down. Mm -hmm. It was probably the best Joker laugh I've ever heard. Better than uh, other guy from Dark Knight. Why can't I think of the name? Is it Dark Knight? No, Uh, it's not Dark Knight. uh, It's uh, a. God damn! Why can't I think of the name? Jack Nicholson. It is the Dark Knight. No. Well, no, no. Yeah, from the squad. most. You're talking about Suicide Squad. Jared no, Leto? fucking no. Heath the guy Ledger? that died. Yeah, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Thank you. He had a good Joker laugh, but no, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker laugh was just good. I, it, it like I can think it like it haunts me. It's fucking <laughs> wild. It's it's very good. He did a good job though. Yeah, it was good. I like Joaquin Phoenix Joker is like the Mark Hamill Joker. So like any like Arkham games, that's like the Joker that it's like. Yeah, but it's a different story. It's good. Real cool. good. Well, uh, well, that's it, I guess. Thanks for coming back on, guys. Yeah, we'll see you in six Eric. months. Yeah, yeah. we'll Thank have you on in six months. We'll, so we'll see you in precisely legit. ten and episode forty-eight. We'll see. We'll you guys. have you, but yeah, right before ten the fiftieth, we should have like a really big, um, like fiftieth episode pod. Oh yeah, we All should right. do like a comedy bang bang ten hour special. <laughs> Over like the course of many weeks. <laughs> and we'll release it as 10 hours. Oh, God. All right, cool. We'll, we'll literally can't get release ten... any other pods I, the rest of the year. I was yeah, about to right. say, we'll get a 10-hour recording. We'll draw. Oh, dude, that'd be wild. I don't know how I would do that, how either of us would do We'd that. We'd have to buy more space. Yeah. We'd have to pay for more space. But, also, uh, only thing I wanted... Actually, I have one more shout-out. Uh, is our Mountain House podcast, what I found out is Kenny has a, the, the mixing board that I have, and I only have room for four microphones, and I found out I'd say I have to buy this cord, and I can hook his board up to mine, and we can get eight microphones yeah, all at we one have, time. Yeah, we have some good shit planned for that episode. So, that'll be cool, and if... If we ever need like an eight mic podcast, we can have at least Kenny on as one of the guests, and then we could have. God damn it! I want to come back with Dan here. All right. Yeah, we cool. can. Yes. And Earl. And uh, no, I don't know. And Earl, Earl is never coming back. <laughs> on. I, I want Sermon Dan. I mean, I would. Yeah, I think oh, I that'd be Sermon. good. Sermon Dan are, are great guests. Yeah, we we should we Sermon. should have a massive podcast like that'd that. That'd be great. I would love. That's a round table. Saying, like episode fifty. <laughs> How about number sixty nine? We got to do a 69 extravaganza. I might be dead by then. I hope so. (laughs) We're on 38, and we've been doing it for about a year. And actually, it'll be almost two years in February, Yeah, it's almost two years. Yeah, so what? So so number 69, is that like a year and a half away then? Yeah, we'll be in late 2020. What's wild is I remember listening to the first preview, episode zero. Which was our worst one by far. But look at us us now. Yeah, Look at me now, (laughs) Dad. Oh, hold on. I want to start doing something at the very end. Of the show, we should start promoting our our uh, like our Twitter. Follow us at theinhshow.com. Email us inhshow at gmail. Yeah, tell us how awful we are on mic. Fucking just shred us. Please. Actually, what I'm genuinely curious to know is if people like the more factual episodes or the goofing off, like you know, yeah, random our, our random lit dick. Just fucking let us know what you what you like more via Twitter, via email. That's the only place you can get to us at. Chatterbait. Um, We're yeah. always live. Always there. live on our twenty four seven live Chatterbait crotch stream. <laughs> um, thanks for fucking showing your dicks on cam, boys. We appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, eat ass. Infowars.com.